one very big important aspect of this effort of tazkiyah is love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but we must understand that love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not just a feeling it's unlike other types of love in fact actually even other types of love aren't only feelings those feelings have to be acted upon those feelings have to be demonstrated and there has to be a lot of other sifat and attributes that go along with that love for example if there is a husband wife and the husband or wife either one one spouse doesn't show any affection to the other spouse doesn't take care of any of the needs of the other spouse is not a good listener to the other spouse is not there is not supportive to the other spouse but during all this time they keep saying and insisting no no but i do love you but i do love you but i do love you so the other spouse will say okay look it's not about love it is about love that they'll say it's not about what you are calling love that you profess that you love me i can accept that in your heart i know you don't hate me i'm sure you like me i can accept that you love me but the problem is that you don't take care of me you don't support me you don't listen to me you don't understand me so they will say that look the feeling of love that was the honeymoon period but now the relationship has to move beyond just the feeling of love and it has to move beyond and beyond the feeling of love into all of those other things just like that when a person begins this path of tazkiyah whether they do so informally informally means just all of a sudden they decided that they want to become more religious that they want to come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it made a decision and something happened in their lives some inspiration some motivation some situation something prompted them to do this so that's informal but they make that turn so what happens initially is there's this initial falling in love with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stage which is just about the feeling because the feeling itself is new and that's the condition for all the feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for example shukr so if a person was far from deen far from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they all of a sudden they actually feel shukr and just the feeling itself is a big change for them and they'll say you know not that I was ungrateful or denying the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but the reality was that whenever I would eat I wouldn't really have any gratefulness or gratitude or thankfulness in my heart and when they feel the feeling of shukr they're amazed they enjoy the feeling so the feelings themselves are no doubt the first step the foundation 
And the feelings themselves, acquiring those feelings, then tasting those feelings, experiencing those feelings, experiencing the sweetness of those feelings, that is really much of what constitutes the beginning aspects of this path. And another example of this, what our Mashaik in the potato is one of the feelings that happens initially is a feeling of jazb. Jazb means a feeling of attraction towards Allah Subhanahu attraction towards Quran, attraction towards Sunnah, attraction towards Deen. Now again, that initial jazb is simply because these things are new. And initially, let's say a person was even so far from Deen that they weren't even praying their Salah. So for them, attraction to Allah Subhanahu it's enough to just... Mm, you know, manifest, that attraction is manifested simply in praying salah. That attraction can be manifested simply in just saying Alhamdulillah after eating. That attraction is manifested simply by starting to use miswak. Attraction towards the sunnah of Nabi Karim, sunnah of So overall, what happens to a person in the beginning is the feelings. But just like the example we gave, and this, you know, there's no time frame for this quote-unquote beginning phase. For some people it may be months, for some people it could be years. It really depends how much progress they make. And just like that, it's the same thing. Sometimes there's married couples who, you know, remain a little bit immature for one, two years in the sense that it's just about being lovey-dovey, and they don't really mature that early into the stage of support and understanding and listening and caretaking, etc. And there are others who, after just one or two months, of just purely being lovey-dovey move into that state. So the same thing happens to a person on this path. Irrespective of whether they do the Tuskin informally, as the examples we gave, or if they do their Tuskin formally, means they actually take a share, they follow a tariqa, they have some prescribed zikr that they do, now there's a sheikh, there's a person who beyond Muslim talks, they listen to, there's a certain path, there's a certain program that they plug themselves into, they connect themselves into. Even for them, the beginning of the journey is the same thing. It's about the feelings. Now, a slight difference might be is that those who undertake their tazkiyah formally, many times they derive their feeling from the path, from the method of zikr, from the sheikh. And and then that, that sort of adds a little bit of richness or depth to this stage. So then a person might have feelings for their sheikh, feelings for the path, feelings for the particular method of zikr. And the more they have an attraction to it, the more they have a judge to it, then the more they're able to progress closer to Allah Taala. But then what happens is that as second stage, the next stage comes in a person's tazkiyah spiritual development. Whether they are informal students of Tazkiyah or whether they're formally learning Tazkiyah. And that stage requires to go beyond simply feeling the feelings. It requires a person to go beyond just experiencing the feeling. Go beyond experiencing and enjoying the sweetness of the feeling. It requires a person has to have the sifat, the attributes the characteristics that are defined by love, described by love, required by love. And it's only when a person gets those attributes and characteristics, then they can be said to now extremely love. 
And that's the word Allah SWT used in Quran. وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ That those who have iman are extremely intense. Extremely intense, intensely extreme in their feeling of love for Allah SWT. So what does that mean? They take the feeling all the way. They have follow-up and follow-through on that feeling. And their whole being becomes tabe. Tabe means their whole being submits itself to that feeling, follows the feeling. Love leads and they follow. Not just that they feel it, love leads and they follow. And this is why Imam Ghazali, in his book on love, he brilliantly talked about these different levels of love. And the highest level of love is Udiyya. An absolute, complete, unqualified slavehood and submission and subservience and subordination and obedience and worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's called Ashadduhum Allah. And many people, they don't understand this. And some people, they even fall into a mistaken understanding that the soul is just about the feelings. And when they do that, that can in many, many ways lead a person astray. The first way that a person can go astray when they end up, you know, very unconsciously many times on this position that is just about the feelings is they don't focus on amal. And they don't have amal, they don't have practice. They don't have tahajjud, they don't have zikr. They may be very emotionally fond of zikr. They may love to read fancy books explaining the different types of makab and zikr. They might even compile and translate such books. But they don't practice it themselves. They don't actually have the practice. They just love the concept. They love the notion. They just love the idea of it all. And this is something, this first way of going astray, first sort of dangerous point, actually has become more widespread today. And I think that one reason is that, especially I would say, and you know, obviously I was speaking tonight, the English-speaking, English-speaking seekers on the path, it's a bit more widespread in us because a lot of the English-speaking Muslims, whatever their ethnicity may be, background may be, but a lot of English-speaking Muslims come to Tazki and Tasawwuf initially, not actually for the sake of their own taqwa and for islah, they come out of this nostalgia and this love for tradition for those who are more sort of in the U.S. and U.K. or this love for Akabir and elders and Mashai for those who are more South African and Pakistani and Indian and Eastern mentalities. So it's, it's, it's not a wrong niya and it can be a very useful initial niya. But if a person does not move beyond this initial intention and refine and further develop their intention, they can end up going astray. I mean, just imagine like a small child when they go to school. So why do they go to school? They don't go to school when it, if you find the child first day of school. Obviously, there's some children who find the first day of school a terror, but there are many children that we've observed on our own children that they, they're so excited about going to school. They, they're so happy that they're finally going to school like their elder brothers and sisters. But why was the excitement about going to school? They just want to go to school. It's just a notion in their heart. They're not excited about it because of the education, because of the learning, 
because of the if it was ideally in Islamic school because of the tribunal, they're not looking at the actual aims and objectives of the school. They're just excited about the notion of being a student, of being a school-going student. So many of the English speakers, English-speaking Muslims who come on this path of Tisawo, sometimes it's just in love with the notion. And interestingly, I was reading a work uh, by Shah Walam Ali Dehlviri Malatana, and I was going to create Mashaikh. And he actually wrote about this that some people actually would in his, and obviously it's something that was in his time and was probably going on for centuries before him, that they give bear and he was talking about different reasons why people give bear to a sheikh. And he says that some people give it just because of intisab. They just want to be attributed to being bear to a sheikh. That's it. It's just like their identity. It's just a notion they're fond of. They just feel that, well, you know, I should become bad to somebody. Is it for your islah, for tazkiyah, for taqwa, for some change? No, they just feel. I mean, of course, if you ask them that, they wouldn't deny this. Yes, yes, of course, I want those things. But in their consciousness, their primary motive, what initially motivates them to do it, is simply a sense of belonging, a sense of identity, a sense of affinity, a sense of attachment. So they're very much like that child who is excited about school just because it's their first day of school and finally they get to be school going. Not because, uh, you know, not because they're excited about education and learning and training and changing. So there's the first pitfall. When a person doesn't go beyond the feeling, then they remain in this realm of feeling. And that can be very dangerous because then they don't follow up and follow through on the amal, And they don't have to practice them. And always understand the soul is all about tazkiyah and islah. You need the soul is all about spiritual purification and rectification. And all of that can only take place through practice. Through a'mal, a'mal salih To actually practice and change. Not just through feelings. No doubt the feelings are the gateway to practice. The feelings are the foundation of practice. The feelings are what motivate us and attract us to practice. But, and you know, I'm sure many listeners will find this resonating even with their own selves. I think all of us would say that we all know too well that it is possible to have feelings without practice. And that example I gave with a married couple, that's not few and far between. There are people who, men and women, any husbands and wives, who do truly love each other, but they're not good husbands and wives. They're not good spouses. So why? It's a strange thing. No, they do love each other. And many times, you know, when anybody is engaged in sulah or reconciliation or trying to patch up, people will say they'll talk to one another, I don't understand. They both love each other so much, but they just can't do this, I can't fix that, they can't get along, they can't compromise on this. Well, what is that? That's feelings without practice. It's feelings without the attributes. It's mahabba, love, without the sifat, without the attributes, characteristics, without the practice, without the follow-up and follow-up. And then what happens is a lot of people on this path, they take this first exit. When, when they take that first exit and they don't become people of amal and amal, then, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of dangers that come out of this. Sometimes they just, you know, want to perpetuate a tradition. 
because of their fanciful notions and their fond of it. And that has led to a lot of problems uh, historically in the Soas, you know, that uh, people who felt they need to perpetuate something. Uh, and unfortunately, many times it happened in, in history by Mashai uh, appointing their sons, or initially, actually, the Sheikh would pass away and the students of the Sheikh would appoint the son. Now, definitely, there are many times, and that has happened in history many times, that the son is truly, honestly capable of that task. Uh, on the basis of their own taqwa, their own milaya. But many times the son would not be as capable. And then that's how uh, many of our institutions, whether in the Khan or even Madrasa, have standard over the years. Obviously there are some uh, great few exceptions to this. Uh, I wouldn't even say few. There's, there's a fair number of exceptions to this uh, in the history of Mashaikh, in the history of ulama. You know, uh, but what happens is if a person gets the fond of the notion, uh, then they just want to preserve the feeling. And it's not about the feeling, it's about the practice. It's about the practice. The second way that a person can sometimes go astray is that when they focus so much on the feeling, so then they measure their progress based on their feelings. So if they don't have the feeling anymore, which is actually, they don't have that newness in their feeling. So they're beyond the honeymoon stage, which is actually a good thing. It shows that they're maturing in their iman. They're maturing in their relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And now Allah ta'ala has brought them to a point out of his karam and puzzle. He has actually brought them closer to him and brought them to a point where they will have to now make further progress on the basis of amal and not due to any feeling. So they, they will be deluded and they will not be able to move on to practice. But the problem is that they will think that the feelings are the goal. And so then when they don't have the feelings sometimes, they'll actually feel sad. And then they get depressed. That, oh, you know, I don't understand... I used to be so excited about Zikr. I used to be so excited about Sheikh. I used to be so excited about reading the works of Mashaikh. I used to be so excited about this or so excited about that. And now, I don't have that excitement anymore. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what am I going to do. I don't know what's going to happen. I think I've lost everything. Actually, no, you just matured, right? And this would be another strange thing if two spouses sat with each other and one of them started this line, and, you know, uh, I don't know, I have the same excitement that I had the first week when we were married. So I think I've lost everything. I think it's all over. So the other spouse would say, what's the matter with you? It's, it's never going to be like this. It won't always be like the first week. No relationship is like that. You have to mature in the relationship. Now it's about something else. So you're identifying progress with something that took place at an earlier stage, not at the current stage. It's like a student now who was that child who went to school excited just because it was the first day of school, and then now they're in high school and they say, yeah, you know, I'm not so excited about school as I was when I was five years old and I went for the first time. They say, yeah, but that's because you're excited just for the sake of going to school. Now you have to be excited about the learning, about the academics, about the education, about the knowledge. 
And yes, if that doesn't excite you, then you're in trouble. But just being in the school or just being the school-going person, that's not exciting anymore. That's worn off. It's the same thing in this past. Just being a quote-unquote murid or being a quote-unquote Sufi or viewing yourself like that, that's, that's going to wear off. That's not going to sustain you. Because that's not a real reality. And the real Messiah and the real Salakin in history, they understood this. And that's why whenever you read their biographies, it's amazing. You see this progression. No doubt you will see that some of them began to search for a sheikh and wandering for the sheikh and making du'as and salat nastikhara and then they find the sheikh and there's the story of how they met and the love and the falling in love. But then after that, it's not like their biography ends. That's just like a preface. It's like a prologue. It's not even the first chapter. It's just considered a preface, an introductory little prologue to their life. And the rest of their life is what? But how much film they studied how much sticker they did, how much ibadah they did, how much taqwa they had, how much dawah they did, how much khidmat they did. The whole rest of it, the whole biography is about their practice. It's just the first chapter or maybe the introduction that talks about these feelings and that animal pain. And exactly the same thing will be about their effect on their student. Yes, the effect on the student, initial effect will be the same thing. Just attraction, love, falling in love, attraction to the past, attraction to love, attraction to the girl, etc. But then the student also has to move on. The student has to move on to the next stage, which is deep practice of being. And that's a longer stage. Just like go back again to the example of marriage. Honeymoon is a short period. And marriage is for life. When the honeymoon period may last a few months and the marriage is going to last a few decades. It's the same thing in Saluk. Now what happens is, the third thing that happens is that the people who are lazy, and it, it, it's almost ironic because the purpose of formally doing Taskia is that, no, I need more help in laziness. If I wasn't so lazy, then maybe I could do it informally and read books and just practice and become a person of Taqwa and there's the Quran and there's the and sometimes say with Ulama and the Shaykh and it's enough for me. So actually the people who are more lazy who, who, for them, it's more encouraged and more emphasized that you should embark on formal tasqiyah, take their, have a path and a program that they connect to. So these are people that, and, and on top of that, it's an English-speaking Muslim, so then on top of that, they're like doubly lazy, right? Now, what alhamdulillah, they join the path, they got the feelings, had the attraction for Allah, Allah, and then that brought them now to the juncture. Okay, now the feeling should be enough to take away your laziness. And now it's time, right as we say in our New York English, it's time to walk the walk. It's time to do amal. It's time to practice. They fall back. So that the whole path was undertaken to cure this laziness. And the person ends up being right back to lazy self. It's like they just end up right back at the starting point. And then they say, oh, I'm lazy, I miss Fajr, I'm lazy, I miss Zikr, I'm lazy, I don't read Quran, I'm lazy, I'm oversleeping, I'm lazy, I'm overeating, I'm lazy, I'm wasting my time. Dear Sheikh, I know all these things, I don't know what to do. Allah, what you were supposed to do is all those feelings you got, 
and this initial period of self-guilt, we're supposed to use those feelings now to combat and overcome the laziness and become a person of practice and other. They don't do it. So if people could understand, and I think, you know, and this is what I'm trying to do it explicitly for all of us, myself and everyone tonight, is, you know, I think a lot of the things that our great Messiah maybe took for granted or things that were understood, people don't understand that now about the soul. The only thing they understand on their own is the feelings part and the excitement part and the attraction part. And all these other things have to be opened up and spelt out loud and clear for the people to understand what the asal. Asal means what the, you know, what the real, essential, critical, true, core thing is. And that's about your amal and your amal. Right? And then you see when you go back and read these biographies of the great Messiah and their students, they understood this. And what happened to them was because they understood it. And they wanted it. And this was their niya and their intention. So when after going through that initial phase of saluk, whether a few months or a couple of years, and they get feelings, 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 attractions, and then again Allah Ta'ala out of his karam and puzzle brings them to that juncture, that juncture where they now to do, oh, they love it, they're so happy. This is, this, is, this is exactly what I wanted. And they dive into it. They dive into the ocean of Amal. This is what they wanted. But they were wandering in the desert and wandering in the forest and all of that wandering and the attraction to the ocean. And when they come, they're so happy that they finally made the coast and they jump in and they swim and they want the deep waters. They want to swim longer and harder. They want it. They pray one, one hour, do two hours, make two, two hours of sticker, read two, two, three, three, two a day. They just go crazy on it. And they do that for decades. They do that for the rest of their life. They live in tumult. And the person who didn't realize it, so they don't understand, they show up at the shore and they don't realize that the only purpose you were brought in was to jump in. They're like, oh, now what? I enjoyed the journey so much and oh, that was so much fun, wandering through the desert and the forest and the sheikh was my guide and the sheikh was guiding me and I was so happy and now the sheikh let go of my hand. It's yeah, because he brought you to this point but now you're supposed to start. And they said, no, I liked it better. I liked those days better when the sheikh took my hand and was my guide and was taking me and guiding me through the forest and desert. They don't, they start looking around. And some of them even look back. They turn back. They look back. They turn their back on the endless, shoreless ocean of Amal and the endless, limitless kurb that they can bring a person to Allah And they turn back and instead they look and they lament and they yearn for all the different things that they experience on the trail on the way to the ocean. And they miss all of it. They wish they could do it again. They wish, well, I wish I could just keep doing that. Oh, I wish I could just sit and down forever. I wish I could be mothers every night. Hmm? When you've reached the ocean, you've been brought to the junction, now you're supposed to do amal. So go to practice. You said, I'm going to go back, throw me back. So that's what happens. Nothing, she's not throws them back. So then what happens, which is the real ultimate danger, they fall into some sin. So they fall into some sin, they get thrown back, they get tossed all the way back deep in the forest. And yes, now that they come calling out, now again they go to say, again, go for whatever brought them inspiration, motivation, umrah, whatever it was, Ramadan, they wait for these things, and again they travel, travel, travel the trail out of their sins, out of their ghafla, also brings them to the clearness 
chosen the endless horizon of that ocean of Amal, and again they turn back and understand what to do when they get there. Allah Akbar So rather what it should be is a person who is deep in the forest of their sin or in the desert of their ghafla. They should seek the ocean of Amal out initially. That should be the reason for moving. The only reason to escape sin is to enter Amal. The only reason to flee from Ghafla is to enter practice of Ibadah and Zikr. So that then the whole time you spend traveling this trail outside of the forest and the desert is for the sake of swimming deep in the ocean of Amal of practice. So much so that it, it, it's your obsession. It's what motivates you. It's all that you think about. And you have a thirst so that by the time you arrive at the shores of that ocean in the fuzzle of Ghanam of Allah subhanahu then you dive right in and you just spend the rest of your life swimming. That's called So we need to get out of our wastelands and our deserts and our cluttered sins like forests and vines and jungles that are holding us back. But we have to get out of it for a reason to get out of it in order to get closer to Allah Spantana on the path of A'mal, on the path of practice. And that's what Shah mentioned that then there's another reason why people get there. And it's not just for some identity and not just for some connection, not just for some affinity. In order to give that real death, Islam, irada, that they have this deep irada. No, no, they're giving bear at the outset for deep, firm intention and resolve, a mission that they want to change once and for all, and they want to be deeply practicing that ubudiya. They want to have that pure, absolute, unqualified submission, servitude, subordination, obedience, and worship of Allah. They made irada of that. And when they emerge around of that, to a lifetime of amal, ibadat, and zikr, to a lifetime of taqwa and haya, they made around of that, and then they set out on the journey. So the person who makes that type of bear, bear, irada, then Allah Ta'ala gives them more tawfiq, gives them more fazal, gives them more hidayah, and grants them that longer journey, which is what they undertook in the first place. So we make dua that Allah Ta'ala enables us to realize Okay, no doubt, for many in this day and age, the first stage is a necessity almost. Especially for those of us who are far from being, who need those feelings, need that attraction, need that connection, need that guidance. No doubt, for some people, it has to become a critical step. But it still has to be emphasized and always remembered that it's just a step and it's just the first step. All of these feelings... Is it just a step? And it's just the first step. And the salik, salik, the seeker, is the seeker of a path, not a step, of a path, a continuous path that keeps on bringing a person closer to Allah SWT. We make dua that Allah SWT can all of us tawfiq to become truly people of irada and truly people of amal. And may Allah SWT accept this irada and accept this knee of amal and take each and every one of us out from all of our sin and all of our khafla. Wa akhir da'wana. Wa alhamdulillahi. Rambin a'amadi.